Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher. I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 191, part two of a series that I started two weeks ago. Thanks for the week off. Uh, my work life caught up with me. was unable to record the podcast last week, but I told you last week that that would happen. So here we're recording part two of my most rostered players. Like I said uh, last time, there's one thing that I like to do each year is kind of look back at which players I had the most share of on all my dynasty rosters, and I want to remember kind of how I acquired the players and then evaluate my process. Um, I like to assess whether it was wise or not not to have that many rosters or to have that many players, um, whether I'm overweight on these players or not. I do still have two rookie drafts to uh, complete, so my rosters aren't fully complete yet. Uh, but they're close enough uh, for me to do this exercise at this point in the season. I wanted to see which players I had on at least 33% of my rosters. I am in nine dynasty leagues, so the players that I have on three or more of my rosters fit that qualification. Fancy math right there, right? Well, naturally, in most cases, these are some of the players that I like the most because I have them on my rosters. But there are some instances that the players that I don't like as much as I used to, but I've just been unable to move them off of my rosters in trades. So I hope this list that I come up with here uh, we'll let you know how I uh, you know, feel about these players and why I have them on so many of my teams. Uh, last week, I talked about my most rostered uh, quarterbacks and running backs and tight ends. In part two here, I'm going to share about receivers because I have a bunch of receivers on 33% or more of my rosters. So let me share about them. Get my thoughts on these players and their dynasty value. Here we go. Number one would be Brandon Cooks. I have him on four of my nine leagues, so almost 50%. I just love Brandon Cooks, which is why Cooks, you know, is on most of, a lot of my rosters. Uh, I drafted Cooks in a startup draft in my FFPC league, but the rest of my Cooks shares came via trade or a free agent auction. Um, I looked back and I traded a second round pick for Cooks in one league after uh, after he was traded to the Texans. I think someone thought that was a dip in his value, but I snapped him up for a second round. In another league, I actually tra- traded Antonio Brown for Cooks straight up. And that was right when Brown was starting to have all those off-field antics and acting crazy just before he went to New England and then Tampa Bay. So still happy about that trade. It got rid of Antonio Brown straight up for Cooks. And then I paid a surprisingly low uh, $54 in a dispersal draft with a $1,000 budget uh, just recently in my most recent uh, dispersal orphan draft that I was a part of. So $54 of a $1,000 budget. I just think Cooks is a you know reliable top 24 receiver no matter which team he's been on. And no matter which quarterback is throwing the passes even, I think he's one of the most undervalued players in Dynasty, and I'm very pleased to have him on rosters, uh, even if he's straddled to the Texans and Davis Mills for the time being. Uh, He did sign a new contract with the Texans this offseason. It will now be on the team through 2024, uh, but I'm still happy that he's there, and he's going to be a wide receiver one on that team. Of all the top targeted players on teams, Cooks is among the least valued, I think, and Dynasty managers are just missing out by not having him on their rosters. So very pleased to have him on four of my nine leagues. Another player that I have four shares of is Keenan Allen. Allen may be the player with the most combined years on my Dynasty rosters. I think he probably would be if I went back and just looked at the years that uh, players have been on my team. Allen has been on my team the most and for the longest time. I drafted him in the startup drafts in two of my oldest Dynasty leagues. 
I inherited him in my first orphan team that I ever got. And then in that same dispersal auction draft that I was in uh, just a few months ago, I paid $75 for him <clears throat> in, a, in a dispersal draft again with a $1,000 budget. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch since he's such a great route runner and competitor. Uh, his only knock is his lack of touchdowns, but his receptions um, and yards are as steady as they come since he entered the league. And I could not be happier with the Chargers handoff from Philip Rivers to Justin Herbert, which has helped the dynasty value of Allen stay steady. Even his age, uh, his new contract that keeps him linked to Herbert through 2024 makes me even more confident in his dynasty value. I suspect that Allen's going to remain on my rosters throughout his career. The only reason I'd consider selling him would be, you know, if I was on a team that required a complete re rebuild, then I might be willing to do it. Similarly, um, my next player that I have four shares of is Josh Palmer. <laughs> Same team. Palmer's among my most rostered players uh, because I drafted him in four rookie drafts last year. I scooped him up in the third round of every draft that I could and even traded up a little bit in one, in one of my rookie drafts to get him. At the time, I was very confident that Palmer was drafted to become Mike Williams' uh, replacement after the 2021 season. And to my chagrin, though, I was proven wrong on that front since Williams has been had his best year of his career and then was re-signed by the Chargers this offseason. So Palmer's uh, dynasty value, you know, ceiling, you know, took quite a hit uh, after that signing. But I still think he's a player that I'm happy to have on my roster, uh, even if he becomes just a wide receiver three there in L.A., or becomes a wide receiver too if Allen or Mike Williams gets injured. It's a little too early in his career for me to let him go, uh, so I'm going to keep him on my rosters, even though I am terribly disappointed that Mike Williams, you know, re-signed with the team. Next player that I got a lot of is a four shares of Diami Brown. Uh, liked Palmer, uh, Brown is a player that I targeted in last year's rookie drafts and ended up with four shares of him. If I didn't draft Palmer in the third round of last year, I drafted Brown. In some cases, cases I actually drafted both of them. Um, I traded up also in one league uh, to get Brown uh, as well last year. Uh, Brown's first season was far more dis disappointing than uh, Palmer's was, I think. And he might be, you know, one of those might be cut lists on most of my teams right now after the Commanders re-signed Terry McLaurin and then drafted one of my favorite rookies, more on him later, Jahan Dotson. Um, if Curtis Samuel returns healthy, I'm afraid that Brown's going to become very droppable. I loved his college tape. In his production, but his situation in Washington is terrible at this point. Uh, this year's preseason games and training camp reports will help me decide whether or not to cut him if he doesn't become a starter in the wide, in, you know, three wide receiver sets. I think that I'm going to have to cut Brown, unfortunately. So didn't pan out there. Next player, though, that I'm happy to have a lot of is three shares of T. Higgins. All my Higgins shares have come via trade too, so that's pretty fun. I couldn't be happier to have him on 33% of my leagues. I traded up two spots in the second round of a 2020 rookie draft to get Higgins, and all it cost me was a third-round pick, so I traded up a few spots and then gave away my third-round pick, draft him. That was great. I traded DeAndre Hopkins for Higgins straight up last season, um, right when Higgins' production was looking so bad, and all of a sudden it took off where, when Hopkins fell. Just perfect timing on that trade. And then I traded C.D. Lamb for Higgins straight up at the end of last season before Amari Cooper was traded to Cleveland. Um, I'm definitely happy with the first two trades that I made, and I'm a little concerned about the third one, though. I do think Higgins is you know, going to be the wide receiver two on his team behind Jamar Chase, but he's plenty capable of being a wide receiver one in the fantasy world in that high-powered Bengals offense. So very happy to have my shares of Higgins, and all three were acquired via trade, including one risky one 
that uh, the verdict's still out on. The other two, I think I definitely won when I traded just a few, traded away a third round pick and a few picks up in the second, traded away DeAndre Hopkins for Higgins. Love those. Question mark on the CeeDee Lamb one, but that shows you how much I like him and that I was willing to do that. Next player that I have three shares of is Amon Ross St. Brown. I had St. Brown ranked much higher than most analysts and most dynasty managers last year, so I was able to select him in uh, two of my rookie drafts this offseason and I made a trade to acquire him uh, in my for my third share of St. Brown. It definitely took him some time to get going last year, but you know, once he did, he performed like a reliable possession receiver that I expected him to become. His excellent play at the end of the season led many dynasty managers to Super Bowl championships. Unfortunately for me, it didn't result in any championships, uh, but I did have him starting in my lineups there those last few weeks of the season, which is pretty fun. Um, I traded for him in a salary cap league, uh, so trades in that league have a little bit more factors to consider. But all I gave up for him was a cheap contract that I had of Naheem Hines uh, that was signed through 2024. It was the Jonathan Taylor manager, I guess, who wanted to have Hines uh, secure for a few years to be his uh, handcuff. And he traded a St. Brown, on a, who was also on a pretty cheap rookie draft or rookie contract. And we have him now signed to our team through 2024 with a pretty cheap contract. So my co-manager and I were thrilled to trade for him in a PPR league. Even in this league, you know, we, we have a lot of contracts, so we're not sure that we'll be able to keep him beyond 2024. But we're a top-tier team in the league, so we'll gladly take his contributions for this year and the years to come. So pretty exciting to have a Monroe and St. Brown on so many of my squads. Less exciting is the next player that I have three shares of. That's Robbie Anderson. Uh, Anderson was a player that I was once happy to have highly rostered, but after his poor season last year, I really wish that I had fewer shares of him. I uh, drafted him in two startup drafts uh, years ago uh, when he was with the Jets, and then I acquired him in a free agency in one shallow or shallower salary cap league, and then my co-manager actually signed him to an extended contract, so we are not happy with that decision at this point. Um, not very fun. We've got him through 2024 in a salary cap league. His dreadful 2022 season, uh, poor quarterback play, talk of retirement even this offseason, uh, really sunk his uh, dynasty value to its lowest point. Uh, but the Panthers' signing of Baker Mayfield this last week you know, may give him like a small ray of hope, just something. <laughs> Terrace Marshall uh, was not able to establish himself as a starter last year, so Anderson still could be the second most targeted wide receiver, including uh, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. He's just going to be far behind uh, both of them, even if he is the second highest targeted wide receiver. I honestly regret having 33% of Anderson on my teams, but... There's not really been an opportunity to sell him. Hopefully Mayfield can bring some of Anderson's value back, you know, get him back on the map as a possible tradable player for me uh, this season. <clears throat> Next player that I have three shares of is Robert Woods. Uh, Woods has been one of my most favorite players uh, since he joined the Rams. I drafted him in one startup draft four years ago, inherited him on one orphan team, and I just bought him in a dispersal auction draft this offseason. I only had, pay, only had to pay $12 for him. It was near the end of the draft, and people were a little bit cash-strapped, so I was happy to pick up, uh, out of a $1,000 budget, pick up Robert Woods, even at the end of you know his career here, for $12. <clears throat> He's on another team yet again, moving from the Rams now to Tennessee. That said, his ACL injury was early enough in 2022 season to allow him, I mean the 2021 season, to allow him to start. Um, the season for the Titans. I think he'll be in the starting lineup week one. And then we're hearing all this news, too, about Traylon Burks, the difficulties in OTAs make it you know, even possible that Woods is going to be Tannehill's top-targeted uh, receiver this season. Burks is definitely the future for the Titans. Don't get me wrong there. 
But uh, I think that, you know, he's going to get fed the ball for sure, especially given his draft capital. But Woods, I think he can end his career really well with Tennessee and be a contributor on most of my teams. Um, at his age and on a new team, he's not a very tradable player. But I think he's one player that I'm happy to keep on my rosters until he's unstartable. And I think he's definitely going to be a flex-worthy player um, on my three teams that I have him really maybe for the next two years. So still glad to have Robert Woods on my team. In the same kind of vein of Robert Woods, I also have three shares of Jarvis Landry. I drafted Landry, <coughs> excuse me, I drafted Landry in two startup drafts and uh, five or six years ago. So a long time ago, he's just been on my team uh, for a long time. And then I traded for him in another league uh, that changed platforms. So I could not really remember exactly how I got him via trade uh, since we changed platforms in that league. It doesn't really have the history there. But regardless, I have Landry in three of my leagues. He's one of my most, most you know, favorite solid floor players in PPR leagues. He's been a reliable starter on my teams, whether he was with Miami or with Cleveland, and I believe he's going to do the same with New Orleans too, though it's the first time that he's going to be a wide receiver three on his team instead of a wide receiver one or two. I think Landry's uh, too competitive and too savvy not to get the ball a lot in New Orleans, even though the wide receiver room is definitely crowded with Michael Thomas returning uh, if he does return. And then the new addition of Chris Olave, more on him later. Uh, he signed a one-year contract with the Saints, so his future dynasty is very uncertain. But like Robert Woods, I think at his age and contract, make him a pretty hard you know, player to trade, so he's likely going to remain on my rosters this season. However, if Thomas's injury lingers and Landry becomes a wide receiver one or two for the Saints, um, then his value is going to rise. And if it does, then that might be the time that I finally look to sell Landry even though next to Keenan Allen, he's probably the player that's been on the, my, my rosters for the longest amount of time. Two more to talk about here. They're both rookies that I drafted this year. It would be Chris Olave. I have him already in three of my leagues. Uh, thankfully, you know, if Landry's value falls this season uh, on those squads, it's going to be because Olave's value rises. So I'm a win-win situation here with these guys. I drafted Olave in three rookie drafts this season. And I suspect that I'm going to be able to pick him up in another one where I'm sitting at pick number five. That's about where I picked him up in all these other picks and all these other drafts. He reportedly tore it up during OTAs while Michael Thomas continued to rehab off the field. Uh, his production at Ohio State among uh, the, you know that crazy group of wide receivers and some of the best in the country make him just an excellent NFL prospect. I had him ranked just behind Traylon Burks and Drake London and Garrett Wilson in my rookie rankings in May and in June right now. That's where I have him as well. But I may have to change my rankings in the two rookie drafts that have yet to take place, especially if Thomas's uh, injury lingers and he starts to get more and more buzz during training camp. I'm going to be thrilled to have him on at least one more of my teams in these last two drafts, uh, even though I've yet to see him play in the NFL. Very confident um, that I'm going to have another share of him, and he'll be one of my most rostered wide receivers. Similarly, another rookie that I, that I picked up in a lot of my leagues was uh, Jahan Dotson. Dotson is my seventh-ranked rookie, right behind Chris Olave which is significantly higher than most dynasty you know, analysts or managers have him ranked. And as a result, I've drafted him three times so far in one quarterback leagues. I drafted him at the 1.10, the 112, and the 2.4. And like Olave, Dotson got a lot of positive buzz during OTAs, and I think he's going to be a perfect complement to Terry McLaurin. Again, his college of production, his character, uh, that, that I've learned more about him, make me very confident that he's going to produce fantasy points in the NFL. In my final rookie draft, which takes place over Labor Day weekend, I have picks 1.9, 111, and 112. And so I'm sure that I'm going to pick up my shares of Dotson in that league too. Uh, before training camp and preseason games, I would have you know, been sure that Dotson would fall to me at one of those spots. 
Now, though, since this is the one draft that I have over Labor Day weekend, my Freaks draft that takes place over Labor Day weekend every year, in-person draft, um, I'm afraid that his hype's going to build during these preseason games. And if that's the case, he might get picked up before 1.9, which is my first pick in that draft, where normally he's been pretty easy to grab at that point in all my other drafts. Like I said, I drafted him at 110, 112, and 2.4, my other drafts. Oh, man, I hope the buzz doesn't build uh, so much for him during these preseason games and stuff like that that I won't be able to get him at 1.9. We will see. That would be a big disappointment in my Freak League if that were to take place. All right, that's a wrap for this week. My freaky friends, thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Much better on email than Twitter, so that's the best way to contact me. I do appreciate your support. I'd be honored if you would rate and review the podcast, help this independent podcast grow. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.